0: Hi, everyone. My name is Grace Beatty, and welcome to Wicked Women, the podcast. On this podcast, I will be discussing with leading experts some of history's most infamous and maligned women. Within each episode, I do not look to excuse or dispute the wrongs committed by some of these women, but I do strive to bring a more holistic and rounded understanding of each particular woman's story. Step back in time and come on this journey with me as we discover the lives and legacies of these fascinating women. On today's episode, I will be chatting with Maria, the creator of Historical Walking Tours, a theatrical walking tour company that focuses on the stories of women in and around London, England, through a more feminist lens. Tours include Hex and the City, Harlots, Strumpets, and Tarts, oh my, and Goldbirds of London. Continue listening to learn more about the tours and the process of bringing villainized women to captivating and nuanced light. Thank you again for reaching out to me about this. I think this is going to be a really fun episode. I always like, you know, bringing in the the less common podcast episodes than what I usually do. But I I realized within my questions, I didn't start off with, you know, just introducing yourself and what you do and what your social media is, what your tours are, so that my listeners can just sort of get an idea.
1: Yeah, sure. Well, thank you so much for having me, Grace. It's um, really a pleasure. I think what you do is amazing, um, which is hence why I reached out. Um, So my name is Maria and I run Historical Tours. Um, So these are theatrical guided walking tours um, about forgotten women's stories in London. So be they witches or harlots um, or, um, you know, forgotten women criminals or victims of crime, etc. I'm trying to get their stories told through... Um, these walking tours, but we also bring them to life—the stories with theatre, comedy, um, elements of, of surprise, you know. So it's it's entertaining, um, and life is brought to it. But there is the I hope the the right balance of respect as well for the stories. Um, so yeah, that's what I do, um, and I run three different tours uh once a month usually although in some seasons I I run more of them for example Halloween you know because they tend to be dark history tours they do really well in October Um, I've got a tour called Hex and the City which is the story of London's witches Um, I have another one called Strumpets and Tarts which is about the story of um Georgian in particular Georgian harlots in 18th century common garden um, and also jailbirds of old London. So this is the story of Victorian criminals um, or Victorian lady criminals, if you like, or alleged criminals in um, the 1800s and the early Edwardian period as well.
0: I, I also just love the names. Oh, yeah, like, yeah. They're, they're so creative and, and fun. Yeah. And, you know, so within that, which I think it's so cool, walking tours are becoming so popular, I think, in cities. And especially since COVID, I think, because it's the option to be out of doors and doing something. But, you know, what really s- inspired you to start doing these tours? Yeah. So, yeah. So you're right about COVID. Um, That
1: that certainly inspired because prior to doing this, I was working as a teacher and um, I lost my job in COVID uh, as a result of COVID. So I had quite a lot of time to sort of think about, do I really want to be doing this anymore? What do I want to be doing? And I did actually start like the first job I had post-COVID was a walking tour job. And this was working for, yeah. So that's kind of how I got into it because it's outdoors, et cetera, all this kind of stuff. And um, and, and I, you know, I've always loved history. So I got into that and then I really adored that job. But then sadly I was um, you know, I kind of lost that. So I was let go from that job because of restructuring and various things going on. And at the same time, I had a really bad breakup. So, you know, and plus COVID had just happened. So basically it was like everything all at once and I just thought you know I kind of had a mini crisis and then I thought actually you know I want to write I've got loads of ideas and I want to write my own stuff so then I just wrote the witch tour Hexen City um, which had been brewing for a while anyway I'd had these ideas and I thought I'm actually going to do this I'm actually going to write it and give it a go and see if I can launch this but with theatrical elements um and yeah I that coincided because I wanted to launch it at Halloween which was I didn't realize why that was such a good idea but it really was a good idea because it did really well and then I thought oh okay um you know I might make a business out of this and then I ended up writing um the second one which was Harlot so that was in so the first one was 2021 and then the second one 22 so I've been doing one a year um this year I did the Jailbirds and then I've got uh, you know another one oh, i hope I'll be launching next year oh
0: amazing do you do all of them at the same time or is it just once one a year um no so I'm
1: running them so as soon as I've written them I launch it and then I'm running it on alongside the others so the, the aim is to sort of build it up so I'm doing quite a few uh, at the moment I'm doing three um as well as other jobs <laughs> but um yeah three tours um but hopefully i'm hoping that i'll do i'll be doing enough that i won't need to do the other jobs if you know what i mean so i'm just doing this that would be that would be nice so I mean, eventually if i can earn enough money but um yeah and why was i attracted to these themes you asked me didn't you um well the, the witches i mean that had been a lifelong interest anyway i've always read i've always just been massively fascinated because i love the occult and the idea of the mysteries of the occult you know, and always loved playing with tarot and astrology and all of this stuff. You know, so I kind of got really into this, um, researching these women um, and people that were persecuted for these things. So I thought, what's that about? So, um, so that, and and then you know, the idea of the the harlots kind of. I think I've always just loved the dark history, the dark side, um, and it, interestingly, actually. I I don't know how many, I know a lot of people don't believe in past lives or regressions or things like that, or maybe open to it, I don't know. But I did have, I love all this stuff. So I did have um, a regression and I was told in the regression, or at least I told, you know, it came out that I said that um, I'd been a witch hanged in a past life. And also I'd been cast out from a brothel being pregnant in the Victorian period Um, and and yeah and I was just coming out with this stuff now you could say that might be imagination because I'm into this stuff anyway but I thought it was really interesting and that actually inspired me I thought right that's it I'm going to see if I can channel this these memories or at least this this info and I do think it helps believing that we've been here before but even if we haven't we've got this transgenerational trauma I think passed through Our pair, our, you know, ancestors that have been through this and it's in our DNA. So I feel like, yeah. And I feel like as well with walking tours, certainly I've been on quite a few. I see these, you know, maybe these stories mentioned, but not in a particularly feminist way. They're often, sort of like made into horror stories or like the witches, you know, they're mentioned, but it's like, ah, cackling like old hags and, you know, and the prostitutes are always really like wanton and sultry and sexy. And it's all about that. And it's actually the, the, the history is not like that at all. It's really quite grim and really, you know, sad. So I, I wanted to get these actually true stories across.
0: Amazing. And yeah. it is true with those three are probably the most, some of the most common sort of stereotypes of women you're either a witch a harlot or a criminal or all three depending on your story but you know as you were doing research for your tours what do you feel like were sort of the consistent misconceptions that you found about these three separate sort of categories of women in history
1: the the persistent misconception in the past, I guess, what which is more contemporary to these women's times, is that they were sort of naturally um, corrupt or evil, um, morally bankrupt, I don't know. Um, and that, I think today, I mean, and that is, has certainly informed a lot of the, the, the historical research and the records, absolutely, you know, in the way that these written were, I mean, if you look at the witch trial records, obviously, you know, the way that they're they're listed there. But then if you look at, um, you know, uh, the writings about uh, harlots in London, the prostitutes, I looked a lot of at um, James Boswell, who was a writer, a contemporary of, yeah, um, Dr. Johnson. And honestly, the way, you know, I mean, he was a very esteemed writer, but I was absolutely disgusted by the way that he wrote about his encounters with with very young prostitutes, you know, which was just kind of considered completely normal, but they were just it was almost like they viewed these women as choosing to do this. You know, certainly in the 18th century, it was like their choice. And because they were there was something wrong with them, they were they were evil with no recognition whatsoever of the conditions that caused them to go into this. I think it has changed slightly. I mean, well, a lot, you know, obviously today we, we look at these, we've got a lot more understanding, a lot more empathy. We understand these terrible conditions, but something that I think's persisted a little bit is the idea that they're all of them. So whether it's a woman who's committed a crime or a prostitute or a witch, they're, they're sort of sexually um, a little bit, more, uh, more wanton, if I want, I want to say that, or more sexualized and, and and as well glamorized, because if we look at the depictions in media, in film, in TV, they're always displayed as the witches, the, the harlots, you know, um, and women femme fatales, you know, as, as being this sort of like overly sexualized, um, glamorous, often younger woman Um you know and and that's not the truth that that is not the yeah. truth of the matter the majority of the witches persecuted were over the age of 50 for a start they were poor they were disabled you know illiterate older women um the the courtesans which tend to be focused on this was only a small proportion of women actually working in the sex trade the vast majority it wasn't glamorous you know and they certainly weren't enjoying the sex <laughs> i've seen some TV shows where it shows them going oh you know like and you know full makeup that like, having a wonderful time no that that wasn't the case <laughs> um yeah so i i do think that has persisted and i can see that in the propaganda of of women um uh who commit crime as well we can see that still happening now can't we that persistent view that they are overly sexualized in some way or you know evil because of their sexuality maybe
0: it's and then at least in the US with witches it's usually like either yeah the the sorceress over sexualized or the the hag as you mentioned you know it it is interesting to see those similarities between the three even though the the quote unquote crimes are so very different from each other and you know so do you think that you tend to see more similarities between the three different categories or more distinct differences?
1: Um it's a bit of both, really. Um, yeah, I mean, there's definitely uh, because, you know, if you look at the witch, the harlot, if you like, if you look at these archetypes, like the witch, the harlot, and the 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 criminal woman, if you like, um, they're all women with agency. Um, in some way aren't they they're displaying an agency like independent of men um, and so it's interesting how you know the, the the same stereotype I think is attached to them of being sexy or glamorous or whatever to try and dilute that a little bit um, so I think there's definitely that going on but then at the same time you've got yeah you, you're right you've got with the witches for example either that it's either it's two binary kind of um stereotypes so either they are the mystical you know mysterious powerful beautiful sorceress as you mentioned um or yeah it is literally the old really old but evil hag that's the point because she she's old and she looks awful and she's also evil because of that um you know <laughs> um and, and then with the with the prostitute with the with the harlots um i feel like yeah that they're, they're either shown as high end beautiful courtesans or you also see the complete opposite like the completely um help, helpless girl um or perhaps a, a slightly cunning you know what well, evil madam you know that that's that, it's always the the stereo, it's always the archetypes isn't it um yeah so I actually think there are more similarities in many ways than differences. Yeah. And it's
0: interesting about the idea of agency, that all three of these archetypes were women who were usually outside of the social sphere, outside of the sphere of men. And do you think that is sort of why there's such a fascination? Like, I mean, in recent years, there's been so much sort of research into why are people into true crime? Why are people fascinated with these stories? And particularly with women who are in those spheres. And what do you sort of think that fascination comes from? Like, why are we obsessed with witches and harlots and then, you know, female serial killers or female criminals in general?
1: Yeah, I mean, it is interesting actually that the research shows that it's mainly women that are fascinated with women um, in these roles, um, rather than and uh, particularly the the female serial killers as well, which is interesting, um, and it's it's been suggested. I think this makes sense actually. Um, that you know, because of gender and cultural expectations, we as women, we're still not really it's still not acceptable really to express rage in the same way that men express rage. So when we see whether it's a witch, you know, hexing, uh, creating some kind of diabolic spell or maybe a court, a prostitute, a harlot, you know, um, I don't know, fleecing a man and then killing her client or whatever it is, or, or a female uh, criminal doing something. It's like a safe, it's safe for us to kind of project our fantasies onto that, like live vicariously through them because we're not allowed to do that um, in real life. Uh, so I think I yeah I do think that's that's part of it the fascination And plus there is in terms of the witches this is definitely a huge trend with the I think it goes hand in hand with the um the spiritual wellness movement, the kind of uh, you know and me too all the political movements like you know the idea of the historical persecution of witches or of women kind of makes sense in the the modern day context with the the struggle against patriarchy and then outsider culture you know in the idea of of being ostracized a lot of groups i can see how a lot of outside traditionally outsider groups like ethnic groups or maybe you know gender identity groups can sort of like latch onto that um as well so i think that's a big part of it and i think people are looking for meaning now because look at the world it's fucked. i know i know every every, uh, sorry am i allowed to swear on here (laughs) I just suddenly realized, oh, is this a family show? I, <laughs> I swear all the time, it's terrible. Um, but yeah, um, yeah, it's, it's messed up, right? There's a lot going on. And um we're in those times, what what you know, people have psychologists have found is that people reach for the kind of occult as well, or or spiritual stuff. So that might tie in with the fascination with witches as well, and this this power that comes from that, you know, and an idea that we're we're empowering ourselves. Yeah. Um, And yeah, read the serial killers as well that are women. I mean, that's fascinating to us because it's, it's less common It is, you know, it it is statistically less common and it goes against the gender norms, doesn't it?
0: Like. Absolutely. Everything (laughs) that we've been taught to think a a woman is goes against most of these as well as sort of, the occult or more religion that would get into the realm of being uncommon or a woman who actively is sexual at all times as a harlot would be or a a female serial killer or just a a female murderer in general those sort of all break the popular perception of what the female sex is and how they react and act and experience. experience things Absolutely, yeah.
1: And that's refreshing for us as women. But then I suppose for the patriarchy, it's a little bit disconcerting. And it might explain why women generally go for, I mean, I get, you know, I, as you would expect for feminist walking tours, I get mainly women on my tours or women interested in my tours, which I would expect, you know, because I'm telling women's stories, etc. But I do think there is an element of, because I have, it's funny, the reaction sometimes I get from men when I tell them what I do They'll sort of be like, "Oh, uh, um, are men allowed on your tours?" You know, it's like there's almost this fear, like we're going to crucify them. You know, like and it, I think it comes from the, you know, it's what I'm talking about as well. I'm talking about women with who are quite fearful to men because of their agency. Uh, so it's it is interesting, yeah. I think there is that as well for sure.
0: Yeah, and it, it does seem to be more of a women fascinated in the stories also which is it it is interesting to see what we we are drawn to and you know for you as you were digging deeper do you have sort of a few that were your just ultimate favorites in these categories like women that became like oh I love talking about this person in particular
1: yes uh, so many (laughs) it's really hard to like good pinpoint um let me think uh so I mean for the okay so for the I'm actually writing interestingly I'm writing one at the moment sorry to go a bit off topic but about suffragettes um so yeah the stories of the suffragettes and the sort of more forgotten suffragettes rather than the ones that you know we all know about the pankhurst etc but there is one particular lady who has just blown me away because she's just incredible. She was uh, a lady called Kitty Marion. That was her stage name, but her birth name was Katerina Schaefer. So she came from Germany to London. She escaped, you know, uh, quite, she was being uh, abused by her, her father and she she was you know lost her mother all this kind of thing so she comes over to england and she wants to be a star because she's got an amazing singing voice so she joins the music halls becomes a star you know but becomes a you know a singer on the stage musical star uh, but then she joins the suffragettes because she um finds out that uh what well, she quickly learns really in Ed- edwardian britain at the time you know the way to get up the ladder um, was the casting couch and uh, you had to basically just you know if, if the directors or the the producers asked you to sleep with them do do them a favor then you had to do it but she was she just didn't want to do this and she thought this is wrong. So she watched you know she went to a rally she saw it and she was really impressed by what the suffragettes were doing and campaigning for women's rights, the women's women's right to vote. So she joins. She's incredible because she was force fed. I think she was arrested about seven times and she was force fed about 300 times over the period of a few years. And on one occasion, on one stay in prison, she was force fed. I, I forget, can't get my head around this, but 200 times in one day. I mean, I don't know because force feeding was horrendous. I mean, they they shoved a tube down their throat, as you know, right. And then it was really painful and then, um you know, upon her releases from prison, she'd just go straight back on the stage, although she did and uh, like do the panto season or whatever it was, so she's incredible I mean she set fire to Kew Gardens, she did all kinds of crazy stuff like yeah in in you know and uh, sent letter bombs to parliament um but she so she was you know amazing uh, but she ended up because World War one hit um she because she's German she was German she was being sort of she would have been deported back to Germany, and she realized this, so she ended up emigrating to New York, and then she lived out the rest. Yeah, she lived out the rest of her day. That's why I wanted to mention her. You see, so she lived out the rest of her days in New York. But amazingly, she campaigned for uh, birth control rights, and she joined the Birth Control League, or I, I've forgotten the exact name of it, but yeah. So she was working for that, and she ended up, um, you know, dying. I think in the 1940s in New York. Um, but she's an amazing character I mean just so strong and stood up in, you know she kept being taken through the court system she kept standing up sh- defending herself in court you know at that time Edwardian England for her to you know she had no family here she was completely alone she was a foreigner I think that's incredible um, oh my god yeah
0: I love stories like that and I can imagine yeah for for any one of the archetypes, you can find so many of, of them and so many of these stories, whether complete or incomplete, because how who knows how many are just sort of referenced here and there. But, you know, when you look at the historical records, knowing what time periods we're talking about, oftentimes the sort of villainization of these women makes a little more sense within the sort of cultural context, but Even today, when we look at a lot of these women, especially, you know, witches, harlots, criminals, they're still seen pretty negatively. And why do you think that has sort of remained unchanged for so long? Um,
1: Well, I think that even though, you know, we like to think, particularly in the West, that we live in this really like, um, you know, gender balanced society in many ways which okay compared to then we do you know we've got the rules have changed the laws have changed at least it's a lot more balanced and fairer than it was i don't think that human psychology has changed that much really and also i think it takes a very long time for the values to um for these values and these ideas to completely disappear because they're being passed down through the generations aren't they it's actually not that long since you know i mean if you look at women Okay, getting the vote in the in 1928. It's not really that long ago in the in the grand scheme of things, is it? Really, um, not even a hundred years yet. So, um, in in that's in England, of course. I'm talking about Britain, which is different elsewhere. Um, but yeah, I I think that okay, our, our psychology hasn't changed. Patriarchy is still alive and well. Film, TV, media still perpetuates all of these ideas, these stereotypes, um, the, the idea of rape being, um, you know, illegal in marriage, I think, I, I don't know about the US, but here in the UK, I think it was the 1990s that it was finally, you know, it was, it, it's illegal in marriage now, prior to that. It's just insane, actually. Um, it, so, so I think sometimes we think, oh, we've come a long way, but it's actually very, very recent. So, that these changes have been made and they've not really had the impact yet. So I think that's part of the reason why these stereotypes and uh, mythologies still persist. And also, I mean, now I think there's quite a scary amount of misogyny that is sort of surfacing now. I mean, we've seen this, haven't we, with the backlash to Me Too and um, the online manosphere, the influencers that are now like really um you know dominating um a lot of like youngsters on tiktok are you know in schools like young guys are really being influenced by by these by these people and these ideas that are really archaic and i think well, cuz you know i didn't grow up i i don't remember this in school i don't remember the boys talking about women in this way and apparently now they are and that's really scary so it's almost like a new wave of misogyny that's coming in, you know, because what they'll do, you know, they'll look at their fathers and the way they had it or their grandfathers or whatever the generations and think, oh, well, this isn't, you know, this doesn't make sense, does it? Um, this is not the way, you know, why am I big? And, and then these influencers, etc., they're very skillful at making them feel that it's women's fault for that. So it isn't that long, it isn't that long. I think we think it's, you know, it, that's all the complete ancient history, all of that stuff. And it, and it isn't really.
0: Definitely. And is that something you try to sort of point out that I think for a lot of people, when they look at, especially witch trials, it's like, Oh, well, we don't do that anymore. You know, we, we don't spectate and come to an execution to watch it with excited excitement. We don't sort of steamroll people and bring out obvious fake proof to like prove that they're this criminal or this witch and yet it is when you talk about social media can be seen as very similar. Just, a di- yeah, we're not watching an execution, but it's a different version of it.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that's a 100 percent it. You know, it, it really is. And actually, it doesn't take much for it to spill out into the real world Um, because you can see how this hate builds up with these with these incel forums and stuff where they'll start off by demonizing or going on about um, or women's looks, or or feminism is cancer, or whatever it is, or the Karen. You know, that's the new that's the new witch. Uh, the Karen, it really is, and it's it's really freaking. It seems harmless. It seems like ban- banter, um, but then you get these crazies that, like in the seventeenth century. The witch hunter, Matthew Hopkins or whoever, who will go out and lynch somebody in an actual town. And they do the same. They're doing the same now. I mean, this is encouraging young guys, apparently, to go out and, you know, kill their their exes or or attack their exes and and stuff. So it is still it's actually still happening in the real world. Um, You know, it's not being sanctioned like it was then by the church or by the state. But it's it's individuals who vigilantes and it's it's, you know, helping to ferment those ideas that women are the problem.
0: And I know that at least in the, the U.S. in regards to witches and for some female criminals as well, there has been sort of a push to relook at their cases, question if this is even an accurate crime do you feel like that is happening in the uk as well in regards to these trials sort of looking at the stories again or do you feel like it is still sort of those stereotypes and misconceptions
1: yeah the the issue with which is i mean certainly in scotland uh which is a, a different thing but um because their their trials were quite different and, and there were a lot more of them than in england um but it really depends on who the leader is because i know nicolas sturgeon uh officially pardoned the witches and there's been a lot of examining into those cases and as a result the pardon came and then national monuments have been built to the witches. So there's been a real acknowledgement in Scotland of that um, trauma that was inflicted and that pain and and some honour given to them. Has it happened in England with our government? No, (laughs) there's been nothing like that. No, absolutely nothing. I mean there are There are so many organisations. There is a a petition that is organised by, I can't remember who now, but they've sent it round. It's one of the the Witches of England, um, uh, you know, groups are trying to obtain a pardon for these women. Um, But it has to go through the kind of bureaucracy of getting so many signatures, which I think it has. And then it has to be considered for a motion in Parliament and like a discussion and a debate. And even then, I I can't, I don't have faith that that's going to happen. so I can't see how they're they're looking into any of these historic cases at all. Um the criminal, the lady the lady criminals, I was called lady lady killers. Um lady killers, yes. Uh I, I don't know if they're like specifically for women criminals, if they're like they always I think where there's been um a cold case or something, like obviously before DNA, um cases are like re-examined. There certainly was, I mean there's one very uh, sad miscarriage of justice regarding a woman called Edith Thompson who was um, a North London um, sort of middle middle to upper class woman and she was hanged for um, conspiring with her lover to kill her husband But it's they're now looking at this and it it seems like she was framed for that. So I think that that is being looked into, even though this was in, sorry, I should have said this was in the early 20th century. So we're talking about the 1920s. So, you know, the hundredth year anniversary of the case, it's sort of brought back up into the media and. Um, that's a very, very sad case indeed, because she, you know, and I think also because of her class is being considered, I think that's got a lot to do with it, as it always does. If she's in lower class, I'm not sure they would have, you know, bothered resurrecting the case.
0: The economic status of a lot of these women will change the way they're, they're viewed in history. And so, you know, through your tours and through bringing these, lesser known stories to the forefront you know in the future what would you hope these stories would create as a legacy for the public for women who fit one or all of these archetypes and stereotypes
1: I mean I would hope that what I'm doing is telling their truth um and getting their truth stories out there because you know the the in order to empathize, um, you need understanding of what's really happened. We need to dispel all these myths and s- silly stereotypes and ideas. So that's what I would hope that at the very least, the legacy would be that, you know, people would understand that these were women, but also human beings, you know, um, functioning, uh, you know, trying to live their, their lives uh, in the best way they can they could in the confines of the society and the limitations that they were in at the time. I mean, to be honest, that should be all of our legacies, shouldn't it really? Like we've just been seen as human beings, you know, but um, particularly because these are women that have been historically demonized um, and mythologized, you know, so to actually see that they were ordinary people that were living ordinary lives mostly. um, And then they either through circumstance found themselves, you know, as pro- prostitutes or bit be- or you know somehow falling into criminal ways um you know i think that that is cuz you know there is one particular case that i talk about on the jailbirds the the criminal women tour which is really her- a horrific crime you know and it's it's certain that she committed this crime but there is still a human being behind that, you know, and there is still a story behind that. And there's actually a lot of hardship and poverty and it, it's it's a sad story, you know. So I think it's important to look at this and to look at who they really were. So that's what I would want. And I think that's the only way really to, to get rid of these, these false ideas so that when we watch films and when we watch tv shows that glamorize it we can see that and we can be like okay that's you know that's just a hollywood version it's not it's not the reality any of us could have been these women it, this is it cuz it's so easy to just see these mystical witches like they're kind of sorceresses and and you know magical women and all this but they weren't they were just ordinary women most of the time and that is a persistent myth about them that they that they had magical powers you know i mean i'm not saying magic doesn't exist and they couldn't do these things but who knows like you know but um yeah i think and i think also as well any of us could have been them this is really important but also i think it's good to recognize that the how impressive it was actually that they in many cases you know what they were doing and how what they achieved in those limited times that they were in and the sheer bravery of it, the courage of it, you know, that's what I want to get across as well.
0: The The bravery of it is is something important to remember that, you know, we think it's hard to do these things now and you can only imagine yeah, what you were risking 200 years ago, 500 years ago to live this kind of life and have that kind of agency is that's powerful, regardless of what you use that agency to do.
1: <laughs> well, well, exactly. That's it. I mean, we can judge, but we've got to, you know, yeah, at least admire their their bravery and that for sure. And it's only with the harlots, with the courtesans, I think, God, you know what they were up against. I mean, that was such a difficult life. That wasn't a glamorous life. It was a really difficult life. And okay, there were a select few that ended up living in a sort of gilded luxury at the end. But that was very rare. And even then they had significant, you know, obstacles. They were so, you know, in order to have that amount of power to keep hold of their own money, you know, that was incredible. They had managed that
0: in those times. Yeah. It's, it's pretty incredible. And Next time I'm in London, I want to come on one of these tours. Oh, but
1: absolutely. You're always welcome. And for my yeah.
0: listeners, you know, where would they go to find these tours if they are in the UK or planning a trip to London in the near future? Sure.
1: So they can go to um, my website if they want directly, which is um, www.historicaltours.co.uk. That's her historical, not historical. Um, and... Uh, Yay, see what I did there. Um and if you're on um yeah social media, so on Instagram it's um at historical underscore tours underscore. And then if you're on Facebook, it's at historical tours all one word, which is confusing because it's different to the last link, but there we go. <laughs> um and then TikTok, which uh I'm not sure I'm, I'm gonna stay on for too much longer because it drives me insane. Um but it's apparently what all the kids use now. Um, TikTok is at historical underscore tours underscore. So it's the same as the Instagram
0: episode, And I will link all of those in the post about this episode. But I think that it is so important what you're doing and bringing these stories as much as possible to the forefront, trying to bring that new that necessary nuance is so important and coupling it with theater, who wouldn't enjoy it? (laughs) I mean, you
1: know, that's just to make it more more fun, I guess. But yeah. Exactly.
0: Yeah. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast, doing an interview, just getting to talk more about some of these fascinating women. I think it could start a rabbit hole for plenty of listeners starting to look up these stories and find more of them.
1: Well, thank you for doing what you do as well. It's brilliant. Well,
0: thank it's you. It's as long as we find more of us, we can all yeah <laughs> start yeah, exactly. to push those we'll, stories. We'll Form
1: a coven, and take exactly. Over the world. Oh. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so fun. Sounds great. Oh, I'm this. in. <laughs> oh, yeah. oh yeah, we can do it. Got the power.